All right. We finally managed to record the call. Thank you so much for giving me your time and finally making it to the meeting because if you remember, we have been doing the back and forth for a while now where we both were not able to find a mutual time uh, to have this meeting. But I'm glad that we finally made it after, I'm not sure, a couple of months of uh, these reschedulings. Uh, so yeah, how how are you, Miriam? How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. Been anticipating this call. I'm doing good. I'm in Miami right now. I'm not exactly where I thought I'd be during this summer, 2022. But I'm making the best of it, and it's not a bad place to be. So I'm good. Where did you expect yourself to be, if not in Miami? Well, I thought I would be doing some traveling. And then I started some home improvement projects that are taking a lot longer than I thought they would. So now I'm kind of just here. So are you having a positive or a negative son, uh, sort of anxiety with it? Uh, as in, are you feeling positively nervous or negatively nervous? I'm not feeling nervous. I'm just feeling like when things don't go as planned that's not normally experience it like i don't enjoy that experience of like things not going as planned i know some people love that they're all always like into it i like things to flow i'm an organizer i'm a planner i'm down with like the things that go wrong along the way um so i'm making the best of what was not a planned situation, if that makes sense. And I, I also think that things happen for a reason and things are ha always happen like in your favor, even if they're not feeling like that at the time. So I am just waiting to understand, well, what is the reason I'm being held in Miami for longer than I thought I would this summer? Is something going to happen? So I'm kind of anticipating like something like that, like it's something exciting is coming my way, but I just don't know what it is or when it's going to happen or like what the reason is why I am here in Miami. Cause I know it can't be to just wait for my dryer to be installed, you know, which is one of the things I'm waiting for right now. That's a very interesting thought process. And <laughs> I have a couple of questions around it because <laughs> It, it seems like you have uh, developed this sort of uh, mindset where you are taking on head on the things as life throws uh, them at you, right? Like if you are in Miami, you are not questioning why am I in Miami? You are seeing it from an angle of, okay, what does uh, life wants me to do here before I travel again or before I uh, move again? maybe there is some sort of um, mission or say some task or that one more thing that you have to finish before uh, life give you uh, life gives you that option to move again yeah uh, and that's interesting right because then you are not taking problems as a problem but more of like more of uh, as, uh, in a fashion of challenges so you are instead of thinking of, of these things like a problem, you're thinking of them like a challenge and then uh, you are moving forward 
Vidic. No, I loved this type of analysis and, and I'll take it even a step further of beyond it just being challenges, like these are opportunities. My mindset is like, okay, what's the opportunity here? Then things become exciting because now you have so many opportunities to do so many things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm grateful that I'm in Miami. That's like really a beautiful place to be. People would want to be here. So that is how I'm trying to go about it with my mindset for sure. I think that life is a lot about mindset. So Miriam, just for context, right? I know, so from what I knew uh, of your persona on the internet, uh, I was surprised again because I see you are not uh, doing just one thing. And But I would like you to, you know, sort of give a short brief about uh, what exactly are you doing these days or what kind of businesses are you into? Thank you. Well, I am definitely a member of the Do Too Much Club. As a artist, it is, I think, something that a lot of artists have in common. We have interests, we have passions, and we, we don't like to be stifled or put into a box. We want to be able to explore whatever is calling us. So I have framed my business life, because I was an entrepreneur first and kind of an artist second, around being able to pursue my passions and just live my life every day doing the things that I want to do, but just approaching it from like a business mind, business tools or practices or organizing it from a business instead of just like, oh, I'm just making art. So I started pursuing my passions full time with no job to like anchor me down in 2017 i decided to just go full-time and i was started off freelancing my services quickly i came to realize that trading my time for money was not going to help me accomplish my purpose or fulfill the vision that i had for my life so i pivoted to building brands and products and my brands that are all under my company are framed around my passion so writing supporting artists we have bootstrap publications started in 2017, we help artists that are primarily working in the medium of writing to publish their work on Amazon. We walk them through that process. We project manage it. We give them the education that they need to make the choices that are best for themselves. I do think that everyone knows what they're intended to do with their time here. It's just that we're very cluttered with content always in our brains and always in our face that we are not able to really see what we're supposed to do. So until you get the education and you kind of slow down a little bit and have someone supporting you, then you're able to understand, oh, this is the choice that I should make given what I know and what I want to have for myself. So that's what we do with Bootstrap Publications. It's a bit big year for us. I'm publishing nine different authors that I, this is the largest cohort I've ever worked with. I finally feel like I have a process down that takes me through one step at a time, like not doing books piecemeal at the same time. And then, um, then there's Zen Zone Miami, which is an event and venue space here in Miami. During pandemic, we took a little pause, obviously, but that is a exciting brand for artists and the community to gather and grow. We 
allowed them to use the space to host small events. We launched an e-commerce store and I have plans for that to become like a franchise business model for other artists to help structure their lives with a foundation that sets them up for success long-term. And I have some interesting ideas using tech to kind of make shopping local and supporting artists a lot more accessible to everyone. And then my main focus is a new project called Quoka. It's peer-to-peer -peer anonymous text messaging and it increases your mental health. We launched with a target market of entrepreneurs because that is like the customer's persona that I feel like I really know quite well. And it's been a really exciting journey to go to market and launch again and figure out what's working, what's not, change the product, launch again, go to market. Like it seems to me as I'm finding out about these digital products and digital brands that people are building, it's just a constant go to market, literally. Like you're literally always going to market. And I don't think that necessarily I found product market fit, but I imagine once I find that, then things will change a little bit. I won't go to market like as aggressively as I feel like I am doing it now, if that makes sense. So that's me, that's what I'm up to. I'm just building brands and products and trying to enjoy my life day to day. I'm also a huge supporter of the community here in South Florida and beyond. And um, that puts me into various different organizations and yeah, I think that's enough. You have so much uh, going on and the way you're telling the, these things, it reflects how passionate you are about uh, all these things, especially uh, related to helping people and uh, helping them uh, with their goals, uh, their ambitions. And it's just different mediums, right, uh, through which you are doing, whether it's through publishing a book or just helping someone uh, with their mental health, which is a great cause. But this also tells me that, as you already mentioned, uh, but I would like to put more emphasis on this nature of being a generalist. And it seems that you are not uh, inclining on just a single thing but dabbling in a couple of things at once uh, so you have the publication running uh, and you said you are going to have the biggest cohort of nine authors uh, that's going on along with the quoka which is also going on for helping and finding the product market fit around it so is that is that how you feel about yourself that being a generalist and you like to explore many ideas and you cannot really stick to one thing for a long time? I don't think that I'm a generalist. I think that I am focused. It's just the execution of, of my focus looks general to people. And perception is really important in human nature. I think that it's natural for people to perceive things a certain way, to want to understand things that they're seeing, to feel safe. And so when someone's doing a lot of different things, it seems unfocused or general. And there's nothing wrong with being a generalist. I wanna say that too. 
people should be able to do whatever they want to do. I'm focused on fulfilling my purpose in life. My purpose is to bring more good to our world. At scale is what I want to do. And to do that, I think being a leader is one of the clearest tracks to accomplishing that. So building brands, doing, doing, I'm just following what I'm feeling called to do every day. Like, I don't really necessarily think that, I mean, obviously I have like a plan, but that plan is not something that I'm just like, I would say I'm in 100% control of all the time. It's a general pathway that I've outlined for myself to wake up every day, be good. And by doing that, it'll bring more good to our world and just continue to do that. Build brands that bring more good, build products that bring more good, lead the teams that do that, help them understand how they can be contributing to, to this purpose so by fulfilling their purpose. So I think that I'm not necessarily a generalist. I, I don't know what the opposite of generalist is. Maybe someone who's like a focus. Being a specialist. A yeah, specialist. being a specialist. I'm a specialist. I'm a specialist in being a leader. Well, I want to create more leaders. I want to create more leaders and uh, build brands and products that can, that have systems and, and processes that are easy to follow and, and, and teach people how to to run them and do them so that I can continue to expand and grow and lead and do more things. Yes. So that is where it looks very unfocused because it's like, oh, I'm doing a lot of things and people don't also understand. I'm at the very beginning of my journey. Like it takes a long time to just build one company. I'm building multiple brands and products. So we're looking at an even longer length of time than what we've seen and i think that as we continue to evolve as people and go into this digital age we're going to start to see these storylines these best practices these arches of how amazing companies are built they're going to shift things are going to change we have digital technology available things are available you can do things today that you couldn't do 10 years ago um and and so i find it interesting you know people always recommend like, oh, did you read this book and do that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of value in what was worked before, but at the same time, knowing that the world has changed since then, and we don't have to always do things the way that everything has been done before. We can do things in different ways and have the courage to really stick to that. And, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, and if I fail, then okay. But I think at the end of my story, people are going to say, oh, wow, Miriam did things really differently. And she did exactly what she said she was going to do. That's a great uh, thought process, right? Because it's, so there is this thing, right? When, when someone talks about success or failure, it's not just a zero sum game, right? That either you only succeed or I, you only fail. It's more about either you succeed or uh, you get a setback and then you learn from it and then you try it again and it goes on until you reach a point where you feel like yeah i have acquired or i have reached a point which i aspired to reach so mm. it's more like either you succeed or either you learn and the cycle goes on and it's not like uh, you fail and then you stop and it's just a 
as you put it it's game of mindset how you perceive it and how you go with this mindset but you mentioned about leaders and i would like to know from you how how do you identify a leader uh Oof, wow that is such a good question um and i love what you said too about about success and and the mindset there because sometimes i do feel like i'm already successful like i can literally wake up and do whatever i want to do like why am i even doing anything <laughs> you know uh, so i do feel successful in that way um but i still just trudge on and continue to do things i don't know um the question on leadership how do i identify a good a good leader that's something I probably should look at. I mean, I definitely think that the application to work and contribute to Hebor is different from from normal applications. Um, you know, the culture that I'm building at, at Hebor is very different. We talk, we ask people about what their current responsibilities are, because everyone has a life, right? You have your job, you, you might have uh, or maybe you don't have a job, but you have family commitments, you know, personal passions that you're currently pursuing. Once you reach adulthood, you have certain responsibilities, right? And then asking people, you know, what are they looking for in a role, right? We don't, we do have roles that we're hiring for, quote unquote, but we want to also know what are people looking for in a role? What's going to make you feel satisfied when you're waking up and you're contributing? And, and then we ask people, you know, how do they prefer to learn? And if they don't know that, then we, then we show them how they, the different ways. I don't think that everyone's always exposed to like, you learn in different ways. And part of discovering what your passion is and, and what you really enjoy doing. And, and when you tap into that, you are a leader. When you're doing something that you're really passionate about, it's undeniable. You can feel it, other people can see it because you've got it. You're like, oh yeah, I'm passionate about this. I know this, it's just, it comes out of you naturally. So everyone I think has the, has the capability to be a leader. It's just where we are right now as a community as we're coming out of like, again, this digital age, we're coming online, everybody's online, everybody's coming online and going into a more like conscious time where we're really figuring out what is life for? How do I wanna spend my time? You, we don't have that space where people feel safe and that's why mental mental foundation, mental health, mental well-being, mental strength. That's why I'm starting with that. So it's so important to everything. Because when you when you list off all your responsibilities, when you have flexibility of time, you can get clear on what you are really passionate about. And then when you tap into that and you know how to how you enjoy learning and you put those two things together to accomplish a goal that may be for advancing the company, 
it doesn't really feel like you're working necessarily. And then other people on the team catch on to that and, and they enjoy that too. Um, and then the, the problem really becomes how do you sustain that and create a regenerative environment that people don't just want to work all the time. And that's kind of what I tried and working on a lot balancing because I'm so in my passion that I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's do this every day, all day. Let's come on. And that's not healthy either. No. So I hope that answers your question. I'm not really sure necessarily if we're so, testing for leaders. No, it does give uh, some clarity. But okay. in, in this essence, there is this analogy, and I think you might have also seen it across various articles, tweets, um, or maybe heard in you know, famous podcasts, uh, that people talk about having there is this analogy, and I think you might have also seen it across various articles, tweets, um, or maybe heard in you know famous podcasts uh, that people talk about having a, a work-life balance. And what that essentially means is that you separate your work life from your real life. Mm -hmm. And from what you said, it it uh, it kind of reflects that. If you truly are passionate about something, that gap won't be there. And it will basically become an amalgamation of your real life. That you are working, but it doesn't feel like work. Because you're so passionate about it, you're always fired up to do it. And it should not feel like work work. Is that something that's, uh, that you are uh, putting your thoughts toward? Or do you still believe that, no, we have a life uh, that is different from uh, working, as in proper work? I think that there's right now, in 2022, you can either have a very prescribed work-life balance where you clearly feel like you're working or, you've, or you're clearly doing something not related to work. And I don't think that that always necessarily feels really good in my, to get to a place where we get to what work life balance in a very flowy way, like, I don't think people really want to work necessarily. I don't think that that's really something I don't like the word work. I don't like what it means, how it feels. I don't think that life should be about that necessarily. I think that doing things to sustain life is important and to sustain it for our, uh, our generations to come and yes that requires a little bit of work but a lot of the work that we do right now is not necessarily um life uh critical right like unless you i guess you're a doctor right or i mean going to war sometimes i guess that would be life critical stuff like growing food, um, these things, taking care of our earth. These are like life sustaining things. Like if we don't do these things, life ceases to exist, right? But we filled up our days with doing work that is, I'm not saying it doesn't add value. Like I'd love to sit on a beach and take a vacation and go on a jet ski and all this stuff. Like it's fun, it's beautiful, it's great. Um, I don't think in my lifetime I'm going to see that 
arc completely go over, I think it will take a lot longer um, for us to get to a place where life is balanced in a way where work is just about sustaining life. Uh, the what we can hope for is that the majority of people are contributing in a way that fills their cup that they enjoy doing. And then when they are not doing that and they're encouraged to not do that, they're doing things that fill their cup as well. Spending time with their family, integrating spiritual practices, feeding themselves really amazing, delicious food, uh, enjoying nature, going outside, things like that. Um, taking care of their body, stuff like that. Those, I think that that's what we can, we can hope for. Very interesting, right? And this, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, I, and at Hebor, we are, we are doing those things. We measure where, this is the culture that I'm creating is where we ask people, how much time of the week are you giving back to your community? They have days that's dedicated for that. How, how much time are you dedicating towards fun or just recreational health, sleep, your family, your spirituality, reflection, and your career? And nothing that we work on or working on at Hebor right now is like, if you miss a deadline, you know, no one's going to die or anything like that. We want it to be a really fun environment where people are learning and growing and we're creating cool brands and amazing products that bring more good to people's lives. And um, I think a lot more brands are going to start building and, and creating cultures in that way. And I really think it's very interesting, the psychology stuff. I'm reading a book right now. I'd love to to talk to you about it and get your take on it after the psychology of Silicon Valley and, and, you know, what are you seeing when it comes to like the psychology of, of leaders that you're interviewing on your podcast and the companies that they're building, the brands that they're creating? Um, what are you seeing out there? Well, I did, honestly, I did not expect a counter question from you uh, <laughs> on this thing because I have not really thought about it, but that's really interesting. So one idea uh, in this regard I had was that once I have done, say, X amount of, you know, interviewed X amount of people, maybe, you know, then I will derive some insights that I've seen among these people, including you, uh, that how they think or how they uh, tackle on some common problems. Uh, and one of, one of them, I'll also ask you, right, like, how do you actually detox in life and what really helps you to take break. Uh, but for now, in brief, uh, one thing I can say is that they are very positive uh, about things uh, that are coming in their way. And even though they know uh, it's difficult or it's going to be challenging, the patience and the willingness uh, is important. And that's what I have seen among the people that I have interviewed so far. And I think later down the line, maybe I can have a detailed analysis of what all 
are the best learning one thing that i wanted to ask you is because you are in the you are doing something in a very good area that is mental health especially of founders so i had this idea when i recently many factors that are there uh but one thing that i have found uh, you know in general and it, this may not be specific to founders but you give uh, this uh, bandwidth to your people to give back time to community uh, and how much they are doing things apart from work and how uh, they are tackling um, their life or in general uh, things which are not associated with work um one thing uh, that you may have also seen uh, during your research of poker uh, might be the anxiety in general that people have and from what i have seen is the anxiety comes mainly from uh, lack of say indecision uh, that you are not able to make a certain decision about certain things and mm. that keeps you on a overthinking mode and you can't decide you know whether you should go with a or you should go with b and this overthinking leads to that anxiety because you cannot make a choice so because you have also built brands and products and you there might have been a lot of times where you had to make choices have you have you developed any do you have any mental model that's such a great question and anxiety is so real for so many people including myself i'm not anxiety free one of the things that happened early on with quoka was i was struggling to do anything because it was such a big vision that i had right and i think a lot of entrepreneurs and founders have this where it's like you see you're a visionary you see the future you see what life is like beyond once your product exists how people are presenting themselves in our world when they have your product when it's available but you have to get there first and to get there you have to forget a little bit about that big picture because there's a lot of little things in the in the middle of that and going to market with one customer persona was one of the things that I struggled with the most cuz I was like dude everyone deserves mental health support and and by giving up on saying okay I'm not going to launch for veterans I'm not going to launch for parents I'm not going to launch for teachers I'm not going to launch for all of these different groups so we don't have to build a massive website have 10 different flows all of the different things that come along with it advertising budgets like dedicated people experts doing the customer research it's impossible without a massive team and even if you have a massive team if you're not an expert organizer to go from that to that it's not going to happen and it doesn't mean that i've given up on those groups it just means i'm starting here with this and i'm going to work my way up to these other groups i think that is one thing that i still struggle with though anxiety around making the choices and doing doing the things 
what helps is having a plan and literally just not wavering from that. Like, and I don't know how many times I'm going to have to, to make this mistake before I learn this lesson. I did it again last month. Never launch things until you are ready. Like, I mean, and that's counterintuitive to what I just said, but what I mean is when you have an idea for something, get all of your document, like get your social media ready, get your email templates ready, plan out all the stuff that you're going to send and do first, create all that stuff, put it into a, a calendar and, and then just do it. So that's where I'm at now, where it's just like, it is not going to be perfect, but it is going to get done. Like I will be launching this and we will be launching what we have, not what we are hoping to have. We will, we will launch that when we have it. Um, so putting together that calendar of just like, and people should not get overwhelmed with this. I'm a just really organized person. I'm managing multiple social channels across multiple different networks for multiple different brands and posting regularly all the time. But it is a problem. It is a distract. There are so many distractions. So to set yourself up for success, you really should just have like one thing that you're trying to do per day. I think that that is like key. Founders, we make these long lists of to-dos and it's aggressive. So many other things are going to come on your plate. You're going to have to put out fires. Like people are going to, you have friends, you have family, you have just, you get distracted. You go on Instagram to do a post. 10 minutes later, you're watching some reel about a cat. Like it's important to just have a plan and just do your plan. Even if that plan is just one thing a day, at least you're doing something and, and don't overthink it and just do it because we see this with my artists too at the Zen zone. We're like, they have this idea of this thing that they want to build, but they, they can't launch their website because it's not perfect. And I have to be kind of like a little critical with them where I'm just like, how much website traffic are you expecting to get? Like, what's your marketing budget? Like people think about the first fear that they have, and then they don't go further down the pipeline. I'm a big fan of going further down the pipeline of questions when you have something anxiety. Oh, okay. So what if I launched my website and, and you know, no one comes. Yeah, that's highly likely. That's, but people don't think about that. They just say, I can't launch my website because it's not ready. It's not perfect. And I'm like, how many people do you think are going to see that website? Well, I don't know. I can't. You know, they think it's out on the internet. It's going to blow up. That's not the actual reality. Literally, your friends and family are going to see it. Maybe a few people. Some people may buy something if you have that set up. Those are going to be your friends and family that are going to buy stuff because they support you. Unless you start to do marketing and advertising, which costs money, which you don't have. Like, So you have to walk them through this plan of like, what's the worst case scenarios? And then you start to realize, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like right now, Quoka, we have under 60 users paying to, to use it. Like, and then we have our, our long list of emails of, of people that are just like free or signed up for a lead magnet or whatever. So, and it's still under a thousand. So anyone that we send anything to, let's say it has a spelling error in it, less than a thousand people saw that. And 
not all of them because not everybody reads everything. So who, like, I'm not saying who cares, but what I am saying is like, if I care about all of those little tiny things, I'll never get anything done. And I'll never get from a thousand to 10,000, from 10,000 to a hundred thousand. So there's a time and a place for every kind of worry and anxiety. And I think a lot of the anxieties that we have as founders in the beginning are based on what our larger vision is, based on what the reality is that we're facing right now. The reality is no one cares, to be honest. And I'm so sorry to say that. I mean that in the most loving way, but like, that's what I'm looking at. Like no one cares, so it's fine. Just do whatever. And then when people start caring about certain things, do your best that will eventually lead people to start caring and like, then you can worry, you can hire people to worry about the, the things that you don't know everything about. But I'm, I can't become the expert in everything and, and all everything, so. I don't know if that even made any sense. You tell me. No, so yeah, that's actually great advice, right? And uh, one thing that I really like is taking that first step and it's going to be a small step because uh, you might have a grandiose vision of your plan or what you want to build and all of that, but it's always going to start with a small step and it's rather better to focus on that small step and then uh, gradually moving upward and then going to your larger vision. And I like how you say uh, that even though it's going to be a small step, it's better if you can think of all the possible scenarios even consisting of the worst case scenario and then uh, making it happen so that you can anticipate uh, what's going to happen eventually. And then you can, based on what all the possibilities you have thought, you can move forward, which is great. Yeah. And you want to do that as rapidly as you can and really stay focused doing it. And don't go like, cause what happens is I think people, it, they try to, um, make that first they just go to that first step i think it'd be helpful if people did it with each other like you need to have it's good to have someone else walk you through it too like okay. or even just telling and you know sharing it with people that hey this is what i'm doing and this other other person can also give the updates i think the account accountability also helps a lot uh, because then it gives you that motivation to move keep moving forward because when you're doing it and you know the journey of you know uh, founders especially when you are doing it all alone is very lonely mm -hmm. and then you get all the thoughts and then you at some point start losing the motivation to do it so accountability helps a lot uh, when you are moving it does uh, but yeah that's a lot of heavy stuff and i'm really uh, glad to know your thoughts uh, and you shared all these insights which are really uh, helpful so yeah, let's chill off for a bit and you know uh, relax. I, I I can see you have a lot of books uh, in the background. Uh, so right away, uh, right, I can tell one thing because you said you are organized. I can see how the books are matched based on the colors. Right. Well, this is not going to be a people aren't going to be able to see that because this, is, this is, sure. I, you told me it's not camera podcast, but we'll post a picture of that. Yeah. So uh, I can uh, tell you that this will be another reason to do another uh, episode with you where we can just talk about, talk about the books uh, that you are reading uh, reading and i would like to ask you uh, some you know some normal questions or just a simple thought so what's your like favorite uh, real life activity or hobby that you like to do apart from work 
that and and it could be anything that you just enjoy doing yeah my family spending time with my family is really the most important thing to me outside of taking care of myself and my family comes second and work actually comes third because they are my support system they are the ones that know me who i am from from the very beginning they'll tell me when i'm wrong they'll support me when i need it they'll listen there's always love there and i don't want to at the end of my life be like wow you just spent your whole life working and you didn't spend time with your family so that is what i really enjoy doing as much as i can even if it's just facetiming or keeping up with them when i'm not working i try to talk to my family or travel and see them right so family first maybe reading also second uh, guessing from the books the number of books that you have uh, anything other like you know playing games or you know going out uh, for a walk or exploring new areas anything yeah. like that well in the last 5 years or so you know since i went full time it's been like i used to be really big on like outdoor activities like i used to snowboard and play basketball and and do stuff like that i one thing that's become really that i'm working on is like my eating like i definitely for a few years was not eating the best not like i was still eating healthy but i wasn't eating as much like i would literally just wake up hit up a like have a smoothie work for 10 hours like then be like why am i so exhausted i'm like oh crap you didn't eat lunch or breakfast for that matter right so then you and it's it's better now that i'm more conscious and aware of it and i try to have mindful eating practices but still you can only take in so many calories like per day and when you start doing these physical activities <laughs> you start using them up a lot so i don't do a lot of those outdoor things anymore strictly just because like i'm tired i'm tired i'm literally exhausted like all the time and also i have like this really high energy level all the time like i'm very excited so i do garden i maintain a really extensive garden which is just like a little light weeding maybe moving some bags of mulch around um planting flowers i'm not doing any like drinking of alcohol right now I'm doing a freedom from alcohol experience so going to the clubs and and stuff like that is not like a huge interest of mine at this time but I do make time for for going out and meeting new people usually professional networking events um which are enjoyable I love to do those things I do like listening to music going to art shows um those are great but then again they do always end up you know segueing into work stuff there cuz it's all related to that so traveling is something i've been recently getting back into as i've um paid off my credit card debt finally in 2020 that was a huge milestone for me and had was able to redirect cash flow into building the business and and doing some taking some trips um But yeah, resting, taking care of myself. Like I just did. Like I don't know if you can see. Like I did the cupping yesterday. I do acupuncture. I get a massage. I'm down with like 
sound healing, you know, meditation, yoga, stuff like that, taking care of myself, clothing swaps. I host a clothing swap where the girls, we, you know, we swap clothes, like fun fashion, stuff like that, taking pictures, creating content, TikToking, just living life. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cute and interesting, right? So many things. Yeah. Yeah, and I do and write every day. I write and read a lot. That's just like a cherry on the top of all these activities because you enjoy that as well and you learn a lot as well. And about the I want to just highlight one thing because you mentioned about your the spikes in your energy levels and how eating uh, helps in that. Uh, re, I think a few months back in the psych newsletter that I write, uh, I did cover a study which uh, talked about how uh, eating food affects your mood and it can literally uh, change how you make a decision. And uh, it's a, I, I, if I find the, you know, the study, I'll, I'll share it with you and it may help you uh, in finding the reason or maybe understanding yourself better, like why... Uh, changing or you know skipping on meals and taking it on time uh, helps you uh, have a better mood but yeah this has been wonderful i mean uh, i hope like how how was your experience uh, doing this one on one conversation yeah i think that 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 um it's been great i really appreciate your thoughtful questions and just you're really easy to talk to i'm excited for this podcast series please do send me that newsletter i think i'd love to read something like that i got into grazing as an eating practice recently and it's really changed things for me and um it seems like valuable information i'd love to share with others as well and don't forget we are going to have another uh, episode soon uh, on books only what kind of books are you into and everything and yes. i am sure it will be fun Yes. Right now, I can, I should. I'm recommending the um, the psychology of Silicon Valley. I think everyone who's starting a company should read that, and, and everyone should read it because then people start to understand the companies that we interact with, some of the psychology behind it. It's really interesting stuff, and very brave author to write this book. Thank you so much, Marion, for doing this, for taking out time. This was a wonderful uh, session with you, and I have learned a lot. And I'm sure people will also learn a lot of things regarding handling anxiety, uh, building a company, or uh, going through the path of becoming a leader. Uh, so yeah, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much.